When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. This is Agree to Disagree with Mike Brazuda and Bob Labriola. Rested and rejuvenated by the Steelers bye week. Welcome to another should-be award-winning edition of Agree to Disagree, the show with the motto, I'm right. He's wrong. And, you know, since the bye is kind of a time for reflection, let's do a little reflecting, okay? The 2022 NFL season is half over, and for me, it brings to mind a famous Vince Lombardi quote. Mikey, I know you are a big Lombardi fan. Big Lombardi fan. This is not the quote about winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. It's not the Lombardi quote about when he's at the blackboard and he says, oh, what we want to do is get a seal, seal here, here and, and a seal here, here and, and run, run this up, up the, the alley. alley. That might be no, the best one it, of all time, by the way. No, wait a minute. Wait for it. Wait for it. This is the Lombardi quote where uh, he's stomping up and down the sidelines at Old Metropolitan <laughs> Stadium in Minneapolis, and he's screaming at his team on the field. What the hell is going on out there? <laughs> That's a good one, Okay, too. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. What the hell is going on at MetLife Stadium where the Jets, yes, you heard me correctly, the J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 are in the running for the top seed in the AFC after exposing Buffalo by sacking Josh Allen five times, intercepting him twice, and punishing the Bills' defense with 174 yards rushing. The Jets. The Jets are 6-3. and three. They have wins over the two teams ahead of them in the AFC East. And two of their remaining games are against the 2-6 and six Lions and the 3-6 and six Jaguars. Speaking of the Lions, what the hell is going on at Ford Field? Or maybe the better question is, what the hell is going on with Aaron Rodgers? Three red zone interceptions against the Lions defense that all, not all that long ago was allowing points at a historic rate. And those three red zone interceptions came in Sunday's 15-9 defeat. Drops the Packers to 3-6. and six. Fear not, Packers fans. You're still, your team is still in the thick of the playoff hunt, provided the NFL expands the format from seven teams per conference to 12 teams per conference. <laughs> and you can also rest assured that your quarterback will figure out a way in no time to blame someone else for those interceptions. Okay, also, what the hell is going on with the concept of owners tripping all over themselves to hire alleged offensive geniuses to be head coaches? You know, Josh McDaniels, not all that long ago, was a guy who was riding the coattails of a couple of people named Brady and Belichick. 
Now he's someone who's looking like he's closing in on being fired from his second head coaching gig in the last dozen years. After losing in Jacksonville on Sunday, the Raiders are 2-6. and six. They're 14th in the 16-team AFC. Which brings me to this. What the hell is going on with Sean McVay and the Los Angeles Rams? The Rams won a Lombardi trophy within the calendar year. Give him his due. But the Rams Super Bowl hangover is a 60s-era Keith Richards bad version. And not all that long ago, NFL owners were interviewing guys who'd even had a cup of coffee with McVay because he was seen as such a genius innovator. But on Sunday, these innovatively uh, innovative Rams finished with 206 yards of total offense in a loss to Tampa Bay. Okay, now I'm going to give you a little bit of perspective on this, Mike, because I know you're a big perspective guy. The Steelers had 270 yards of total offense in a win of that same Tampa Bay team. Uh, a couple, three weeks ago. That would be more. That would be more. But we save our loudest what the hell is going on out there for the Indianapolis Colts. We should have had that clip available for this. I mean, this is tremendous. (laughs) One of these days we're going to start pre-planning this podcast and really juice it up, but I digress. Yeah, you do. Uh, Okay. Because, you know, if, if you're looking for a head coach because you just fired yours midway through the season, and you don't have, happen to have an alleged offensive genius in your contacts list, you can always go and take a guy off the set of one of the many ESPN NFL shows. Because, hey, who knows the NFL better than the people who blab about it on cable TV? You know, Robert Ursay picked Jeff Saturday to coach his team, and then he actually said into a live microphone that he was glad Jeff Saturday didn't have any previous NFL coaching experience because he was happy, quote, he doesn't have the fear that's in this league. Now, I wonder if Ursay would use that same thought process if he had to pick a heart surgeon for himself. And hey, for Colts fans, I got two words for you to remember as you embark on this journey. Shut the bleep up. Is those the two words? (laughs) No. That's that's from one of my favorite movies. But two words to remember as you embark on this journey with a TV guy running your favorite team, Matt Millen. Okay, now we got that all figured out and settled. Let's get on with the bulk of today's program. Actually, Wait, are, are you sure you have vented enough about perceived offensive geniuses? Because I sensed a trend uh, as you went down the results from the bye week. Nah, that's... Uh, you know, the horse is dead. I, 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 <laughs> I hit it again anyway. <laughs> How about Kansas Statement City? Up. 17 points in regulation. Only needed six tries at the two-point conversion. Going going against the quarterback who, uh, I don't know, he has passing stats like, uh, I'd say they were high school-esque, but that's a, a slap in the face to high school quarterbacks everywhere. Statement number one, the Claypool trade. Confirmed the Steelers are pay- playing for 2023. As for 2022, this is pretty creative here. Tanks for the memories. Yeah, I agree. And uh, particularly since I wrote that, uh, that was that was a little, you know, shot there. Not, I don't know, shot, a little wise, wiseacre comment. Uh, I'm not, you, I'm, I'm not, shocked. yeah, every once in a while it comes out, Lab. Uh, I'm not saying they are trying to lose. Let's get that clear. You know, it's not tanking. Uh, they're not tanking for Tua or or stinking for Stroud or you know however you want to uh, catchphrase it this year. But 
I don't see any way you can disagree with this, and maybe you'll try to argue with me anyway because you're that kind of guy, Labs. But uh, you took a guy off your current roster who was playing a lot of snaps for you, and no, Chase Claypool had not been Fred Bolitnikoff or Jerry Rice, but, you know, he's caught a touchdown pass, and he's thrown a touchdown pass, and he's playing a lot, and you removed that from an offense that, oh, by the way, isn't very good. And you brought back something for next year and beyond. So it is a deletion. Yeah, you you wanted the draft pick, a higher draft pick, more draft picks. Let's get more stuff. So next year, they're not looking at two and six after eight games. Well, I am going to disagree because I am that kind of a guy. Um, but see, the way I look at the Chase Claypool deal, and this is something also that I think you can relate to, it's a Vito Corleone offer. The Bears made them an offer they couldn't refuse. And until that, until the Vito Corleone offer came, I believe the Steelers would have been perfectly content with keeping Chase Claypool not only this season, but then through the rest of his rookie uh, contract, which is set to expire after the 2023 season. Um, so, you know, I, I just think that you have to be you – know, you, you, you still want to win, and you're playing to win, and you're playing to win with the guys that you have. But, but I also think – But. But, let me, but you also have to um, manage your assets in, in, a, in a savvy way. And, you know, I don't think – and I don't even think you believe that there's any realistic scenario in which the Steelers would, would have re-signed – been able to re-sign Claypool after his rookie contract expired. And so, oh, they'd you know, have been able under- to. I just don't think they would have. Well, um, okay, yeah, the ability—you you know what I mean. Yeah, they would not um, have. They would have decided, no, we can move on from this guy. Yeah, as I said, realistic. Okay, <laughs> there's that's that's a huge yeah. word um, in the English language. So, you know, you're 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 only going to have this guy for a short period anyway, and I I believe that. Looking at it realistically again, you're not going to be a, a legitimate Super Bowl contender. By the well, let me say this: by the time you're a legitimate Super Bowl contender, Chase Claypool's gone, one way or the other. So let's get something for him. Well, now see, I'll, um, I'll, I'll give you a bonus disagree on that because I think in the NFL you can change quickly, and I, I think the Claypool trade will help the Steelers change quickly if they if they do the right thing with the draft pick. But, uh, you know, he was under contract for next year, too. I mean, I'm not writing off next year because this year sucks. No, I get it. But what I'm saying is, I mean, you can hope to contend next year. Um, but the way this team looks right now and the way you can ch- you can, um, you can turn it around, but I don't think you go from two and six halfway through a season to – you know, playing in a conference championship game the next year. Now the Bengals just did I, this, it. I understand that it happens, okay? Somebody's going to hit the Powerball, yes. okay? The $2 billion <laughs> Powerball. But if you're planning your retirement around that, that's not a really savvy way to go about it. Yeah. You know By the I mean? way, that's going to be me, and we're not doing this anymore after I do that. <laughs> <laughs> just to let you know. You're, next Tuesday, you might have some time to kill. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, back at you, brother. <laughs> Let me just tell you that. 
Um, Important thing is we're all in the game, baby. Just keep feeding that machine <laughs> 20 bucks at a time at your local convenience store. Um, but anyway, I do believe, let me just close with this. Um, the last time the Steelers were two and six, you know, at this point of the season was 2003. Okay. Now they went four and four over the rest of the way. They finished six and 10. And I believe that how they handled that those last eight weeks um, kind of made things clearer for them in terms of what they needed to do and who they would, they were going to be able to do that with. And, um, you know, things turned around 14, 15, and then the rest of that decade, the Steelers um, enjoyed some pretty good success. So, um, you know, in terms of the tanking thing, uh, and again, I, I get how you're uh, describing it, but Mike Tomlin isn't that kind of a coach. He wouldn't have gotten hired if he was, not by this franchise. Uh, Bill Cowher wasn't that kind of a guy in 2003 either. Um, and Art Rooney II has spent way too much time learning from his father to be that kind of an owner. So, you know, I think this could be 2003 over again. You know, it could be bad. It can be painful. It can be something that um, is very illuminating and instructive. But, uh, you know, what you got to do is you got to use it um, and get what you can out of it. Point very well taken. I, I think, weren't they 2-6 and six in 2013 also and ended up 8-8? Eight and eight? Um, I, I, I didn't, maybe. I didn't, um, I didn't yeah. approach it those way, that way, um, because. But the point I just is, remember. taken. They stayed with it, and they, you know, they got better, and they, they were, right, further ahead because of that. I, I get all that. I just don't. It, to me, it's a, it's a, it's a mathematical thing. You, you had more, and now you have less. So maybe this leads to George Pickens getting a whole lot more balls. Maybe it leads to Pat Fryermuth getting a whole lot more balls. Uh, maybe they get the ball to Deontay Johnson with some more regularity. I don't think whoever replaces Claypool is going to replace Claypool. I think his his contributions will be spread out uh, throughout the rest of the skill position people. But that 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 is speculation to me. Okay. Well, I, I think what we're down to again is um, you know maybe uh, nitpicking over what terms mean because I look at is at it as savvy asset management um you know could be both and and that's okay stay this is colin coward from the herd with colin cowherd angie's list is now angie the nation's largest home service marketplace they're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes whatever your home project big small indoor outdoor come to angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well listen i've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house gotta get it fixed I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. 
They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com or download the app today. Statement number two, that horse is officially dead. Statement number two, Najee Harris is still RB1 and he should be RB1. Don't demote him, fix him. I I agree very strongly on this and uh, I know there's little evidence to suggest that, but if you listen to Eddie Faulkner last week, uh, the running backs coach, uh, he said that very thing. He said he's he's getting a lot of heat because his performance isn't there and because he's high profile. He's RB1, and that's what comes with that job. And I specifically, word for word, asked him, is he still firmly entrenched as RB1? And Faulkner said yes. And to me, there's a lot that needs to be fixed with Najee Harris. Some of it's his fault. Some of it is stuff that he can't control. But to me, the long-term answer, if the Steelers, whenever they get back into contention in their current configuration, I believe Najee Harris has to be a significant part of that. And I look at Najee Harris from last year to this year, he impressed me to no end last year uh, under what I thought was tremendous duress and very difficult circumstances, and he still battled. And, And you look at the way he's put together physically, you don't have a problem with that. You look at the way he works at practice, you don't have a problem with that. You look at how much he cares. My God, if you're in the locker room after some of these losses, Buffalo and Philadelphia, it appears as if Najee Harris' world is ending. He really cares. He really wants to win. You got to fix this guy. Some of it is getting him in better places, but I, I really think, Labs, what's happened to Najee Harris is similar to what happens to quarterbacks when they're young and they come in the league and they get sacked 75 times in a season and a half. They start getting a little uncertain between the years and, and they start overthinking it and they start maybe seeing stuff that isn't there. And I think they need to find a way to reboot Najee Harris and get him to be the player that I still believe he can be. I don't think you do that by benching him. I think you work through this. And uh, if the rest of this year is about getting Kenny Pickett developed, and it should be, then getting Najee Harris back should be just maybe 1A on the list of priorities. Yeah, I agree with the statement wholeheartedly as well. And you made a, a very compelling case. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, I believe Najee Harris is special. Um, And, you know, I I think that you can go back to his college career uh, and and see the kinds of things that made him special. You you referenced his work ethic, you know, his leadership qualities. The guy was voted a team captain, Um, you know, and I've seen this kind of misrepresented a little bit um, in the media named captain. No, he wasn't named. They voted for him. His teammates voted for him. So, you know, Najee Harris at Alabama was a big part of winning trophies there. And his his contributions were both on the field and in the locker room. I mean, you know, Nick Saban is their coach. He's no day at the beach. I mean, he doesn't throw compliments around. I no. mean, you know, as they used to say about Chuck Knoll, you know, he throws compliments around like uh, – uh, manhole covers. Yeah, with George um, Hallis, it was Nichols. <laughs> <okay>. <laughs> that was a Mike Ditka line. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Art Rooney Sr. and George Hallis almost got into a fist fight over a few of those Nichols um, one time. But, you know, Najee Harris, based on where he went to college, he understands expectations. He understands the pressure that comes with those expectations. And he understands what you have to do 
you know, as an individual player to deal with those and meet those. You know, he's having a bad year. No, no argument. Maybe it's some injuries. Maybe it's the O-line. Maybe it's the scheme. Or, you know, here's something else I thought about. Maybe he needs to learn what Le'Veon Bell learned, that football at the NFL not, uh, level is not necessarily for the biggest and the strongest. You know, Le'Veon, he, he built himself up. And then after his rookie year, he lost a lot of weight. And that was the key for him. He became, he became more able to access his skills, the things that made him special on the field, at a lighter weight. And maybe that's what Najee has to do. Now, I don't know that, you know, his off-season bulk-up program was done uh, under the team's um, orders or guidance or whether he just thought it was a good idea. But maybe he needs to go backwards and spend this off coming off-season losing weight and getting more, um, you know, I don't know, quickness and speed or back to the things that made him the best running back coming out of that draft. Yeah, it's an interesting because, point. Um, I, I think he's only up about four or five pounds, but he was big when he got here. And that was the Mike Tomlin thing with Le'Veon Bell. Uh, he was the the motivator on that. Hey, drop about 20 pounds and, and look what you can be. And uh, I think you're on to something with that. I also think the leadership thing and the captaincy is weighing very heavily on Najee Harris because he feels – compelled to be that guy it's not something that he oh, okay they're calling me a captain now so i'm a captain he's trying to act in a captain-like fashion he's trying to be accountable in the media and be available and say the right thing and i don't think he knows what to say yet a lot of the time and he kind of uh acknowledged that last week when he said i'm in my second year eight games in i don't have all the answers uh he's trying to come up with answers there as well as what's wrong with his game and i just think it's a, it's a little overwhelming all of it right about now Right, fix him, uh, as 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 uh, the statement says, fix him, because I, I think he's he's worth he's worth fixing, and once you do, you know you're going to be happy with what you have, because I think um, Najee is special, and Jalen Warren is a really nice number two guy, and you can that's fix good. Najee. He can be that. That's, right, that's fine. That's what he was supposed to be. That's good. Right. They got that's that figured exactly out. That's exactly what I mean. They wanted to yes. get him complimentary back. Okay, you got him. He's that. Don't try to make him into uh, Gale Sayers. Right. Because well, well, we're not. hitting the 60s references hard here, aren't we? <laughs> well, we're old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Statement number three. William Jackson III isn't a long-term answer at cornerback. Not yet. He's trying out to become that eventually. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, a, a one-time highly coveted first-round pick uh, who's now on his third team, and he hasn't uh, had a lot of success lately. He hasn't been healthy lately. Yeah, maybe this was a find, you know? Maybe their, their due diligence paid off here and with what they remember about him when he was coming out of Houston, uh, and maybe it'll be a fit in Pittsburgh. But all maybes, spend the rest of this year trying to figure that out as well because, uh, you know, cornerback is a spot that they'll be looking at, I would assume, uh, in the draft, and uh, you got to get some information on William Jackson. Yeah, former first-round pick, that's him. He's also a guy that changed teams in a transaction that included a conditional sixth-rounder and a conditional seventh-rounder. That's who he was as of last week, Labs. Yeah, um, I'm going to disagree only with the – I'm going to nitpick the wording again, as I often do. Um, 
long-term answer, no, he's not young enough to be, you know, long-term anything in the NFL. Uh, but what he is for me, he's a starter right now. Because, first of all, uh, I'm not uh, overly excited about what I've seen from either Akella Witherspoon and or uh, Levi Wallace uh, as a starting corner. Now, sometimes they've been injured. I get it. Um, you know, they've also been victimized by the fact that without T.J. Watt, that they, they haven't been the beneficiaries of the kind of pressure that, you know, was part of the defensive plan uh, from the beginning. You know, I understand all of that. Um, but, you know, when we're talking about William Jackson and he's on his third team, you know, his first team to his second team was because he was an unrestricted free agent and somebody threw a lot of money at him. So that's not the same to me as, you know, you were cut, you went somewhere else, um, you know, or the, the other ways of moving from one team to another. So I wouldn't like throw him into the journeyman category, which you might be able to do with Montrevious Adams as, as an example. You know, he's been with three teams, uh, but his, his movement was because, wasn't because teams were tripping over themselves, throwing big money at him. Um, that it was, it was for different reasons. So I'm just making a little bit of a distinction there. Uh, the other thing about Jackson is that I want to see from him, and that's why I'm making him a starter, is from what I understand, his forte is man coverage. Okay, and if you can find a corner with the kind of speed and, you know, other skill set that goes along with that to be a good man coverage corner in this league, fine. Let's put them out there. Teams two and six. Um, see, to me, this is the kind of thing that you're trying to do at, at this part of the of a season when you're going into it with this kind of a record that is not tanking. You're trying to find what you can who you can win with and how you can win with them moving forward. So you're still trying to win um, and playing this guy, I believe, is worth the effort, the experiment, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, because of his pedigree, his experience, um, and the fact that the Washington Commanders, you know, want to unload him, you know, to me, I remember getting into an argument uh, back in 2000 with someone who used to think he was one of the premier sports writers in Pittsburgh. Why would the Steelers want to sign Kimo Von Olhoffen? He played with the Bengals and they stink. Well, maybe they stink because they don't know what they're doing with Kimo Von Olhoffen, who turned out to be a very nice piece of a team uh, that won a Super Bowl. So, you know, um, that's the way I kind of look at William Jackson's departure from the commanders. Maybe it's not so much that he is, they, they got rid of him because he was incapable. Maybe they got rid of him because they are incapable. Uh, and in, so interesting theory. Uh, I've heard that as well about the, you know, man to man versus zone thing, but here's what gives me pause about that. couple things. Ron Rivera is a pretty good defensive coach. Uh, that's pretty well established, right? Uh, you're, you're a coach of the commanders. Yes, I, I have respect for him. So if William Jackson was really that good at man cover, isn't that what everybody's looking for? 
you know, the game's all about great receivers and great quarterbacks and throwing the ball. Uh, wouldn't you find a way to use that guy if he was that good at it? And if you were still stubbornly inclined not to do that, wouldn't you find more takers than including him in a deal that also includes conditional sixth and seventh round picks? I mean, with Claypool, they had multiple second-round offers on the table. There is uh, a belief in the league of, of Claypool's height, weight, speed potential still. I'm, I'm I, William Jackson, I think, is one of those guys that, hey, uh, if he proves me wrong, great. They figured out one of the corner spots, and they're not much better for it uh, if we're having this conversation uh, in mid-January instead of now. But uh, I, I just think there would have been more of a market if the guy was still that first-round guy. Well, here let me just address the um, the the man-to-man coverage thing. Uh, you, if you have one defensive back who can play man coverage, um, you kind of you kind of got to get him to play what everybody else is capable of handling. Because even if you want to say, well, let's line him up on the other team's best receiver, you know, and play like match up with him. You know, that could work with him and that receiver. But that also then uh, puts requirements on everybody else that maybe they are not capable of handling. And so, you know, you got to play the the defense is more of a team thing um, than a wide receiver as an offensive weapon. Because you can utilize an individual receiver's height, weight, speed as an asset for the offense in a much easier and quicker manner than you can with a one defensive back who is, you know, a good man-to-man coverage guy and everyone else who is not. And maybe you don't have the pass rush. You know, I don't, I don't know. I don't know enough about the commander's defense specifically, except to know that they're not a very good team. So yeah, not a terrible defense. Okay. Well, um, again, maybe, uh, I hate. I, I. I just can't bring myself to say maybe you're right. I just can't. So I'm going to pretend like I just didn't. Um, but you know, again, this is what the the part of this season is for, in my opinion, to find out about this guy, and because I do think that it is a worthwhile. He can be a worthwhile piece moving forward. If he is that guy, or if he is some reasonable version of that guy. I'll buy that. I still, uh, I still think it's a roll of the dice, but it's one I would throw. That then again, you know me, yeah. Mr. Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> Paying anything to roll the dice just one more time, as the song goes. That's how it goes. That's Don't not stop. even. A, that's not a '60s tune. We 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 got Curry here at the end. Good job. Good good pivot. Don't th- don't stop believing, baby. <laughs> okay, that'll do it for this agree. This edition of Agree to Disagree, the show with the motto, I'm right. He's wrong. Thanks for finding us. Talk to you next week. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real Steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. 
If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 